Thanks for hanging out with us. It's me, Kellen, and Erica hanging out tonight, and we're going to answer the question. <laughs> don't mind me. <laughs> Kellen is like on his phone. Oh, we're my busy. Gosh. We're busy. We're doing things. Uh, no, we're talking about the question of why Jesus, um, which it's just one of those like, yeah, why Jesus? Like, it's a big deal. Why Jesus? Out of out of all the decisions we could make in life. Um as Jesus followers, that's an important one mm-hmm. to know. So I thought we'd actually just have a conversation about it. Um, we might get into theology, scripture, personal experience, historicity, and all that good stuff. But um, I, I think I think one of the historicity. I was like, you I was like where did this already? come from? I mean, that's <laughs> a word. It's a word now. Uh, and I, I think really the uh, the idea is. Probably the reality is all of us have come to answer that question, why Jesus, um, from slightly different ways. Like right. different mm-hmm. we've gotten there different ways. Yeah. I think that's true for most people. Like that and for me <clears throat> Ooh. My, ooh, my ears are ringing all of a sudden. I don't know why. Your voice just cracked. <laughs> <laughs> Glad Noah doesn't watch these anymore because he, uh, yeah. he makes so he, much fun of he me. He watched that first night and we made fun of him. <laughs> He has. I I, he might have watched maybe one. I think he watched the one with Bobby Bugatti. Apparently, yeah. if he you loves make, Bobby, but you make fun of a teenager and they just—he's like, I'm out. I'm out. You're I'm dead done. to him now. We're done. He doesn't talk to me anymore. I don't know what it is. Oh. It's been he, six not, months since he'll say hi to me. Well, and he dropped off Facebook, so he's not trolling you on Facebook anymore. Oh gosh, that, yeah. was, that was the only amazing. thing interesting on Facebook for a while. Was like, being trolled by Noah, by your like, son. Yeah. <laughs> Well, the funny thing was, he dropped off because he was like, people are mean on Facebook. I'm like, like, I'm glad he figured it out. Dude, you trolled Josh horribly during the Super Bowl. I loved it. It Like, Josh is actually watching the Super Bowl, and Noah's tagging you in all these horrible memes. It's like, (laughs) oh, gosh. I tried really hard to be into that Super Bowl, and he kept distracting me. He did. Uh, He was doing a good job of it. No, yeah, we're going to talk about the question of why Jesus. Uh, And so if you want to comment or be part of the conversation, if you have your own question, um, feel free to ask it. Feel free to to ask it in the comments, and we'll get to it. Or if you feel like you want to know, like, a different uh, facet of of that topic, let us know. Um, And your thoughts and maybe your own answer that question of why jesus so so kellen yeah why jesus oh man <laughs> what's the beauty of, of hosting you get bring to your like, mic down a bit do i gotta bring it down a little bit yeah just a bit it's plucking your beautiful oh. face is that good uh, or do i yeah. just need to sit more upright there i started this couch Thanks is so much. easy to like slouch and get you gotta like on. you gotta get your butt in there you do yeah because yeah it's really you easy don't get your to butt like in there you're gonna end up over on the floor slide down and yeah it's cozy that's better can see face. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, look at that. It's, it's looking good. <laughs> Watching yourselves. Awesome. Um, like, are you asking me, like, I why I made you, that like, decision that night or what? I don't know. Like, I, where do you want me to start? That that feels like a loaded question. It is a loaded question. So you start wherever yeah. you want. For real? Yeah. Like, oh. Um, man, I don't even, I don't even know really what it was. Like, I just remember, so on, on the night that, that I that I decided to follow uh, Jesus was uh, actually on uh, St. Patrick's Day of 20, or 2005, mm. uh, I almost said 2015, but that's not right, uh, 2005, and um, yeah, we were, we were ready to go out and party, you know, that night, my wife and I were, but we had, um, I'd been invited over and over and over and over by this guy, Jason, to this Bible study. And I finally was like, if I go once, will you shut up? You know, like, will you leave me alone? You know, just stop it already. Uh-huh. Just leave me alone. Right. And, um, yeah, I went that night and, um, I don't even really remember specifically like what it was that kind of compelled me to it. You know, I don't, there was, I don't, I don't really know. Like, um, I do remember going through a season of my life prior to that point. Mm-hmm. where I was wrestling with this idea of um, am I good enough to get into heaven? And I kind of mm-hmm. mentioned that in my sermon a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> yeah, it was really that night that I realized, yeah, I'm I'm not, you know. I'm on a plane that's going down. He used an analogy kind of like a plane is going to crash and you've got a parachute. You either get to put the parachute on and save your life 
or you can see if you'll survive the plane accident, right? Yeah. Some people do. <laughs> so <laughs> it's rare. You go down in a Boeing 7, what, 37 or whatever from yeah. 30,000 feet, 40,000 feet, uh, yeah. your odds of living are slim, you yeah. know? But uh, so, yeah, he, Josh always says, this, you know, all analogies fail somewhere. Right? <laughs> yeah. That one, yeah. So, like, I just know one person who survived a plane crash. For real? That's fine. Yeah, man. Oh, no way. Anyway. I don't know anybody's. <laughs> but, yeah, so, you know, it was, it was just one of those things that I was like, yeah, you know, I just knew I wasn't, you know. So that night, I, I decided to follow Christ, and Kathy rededicated her life to Christ. And mm-hmm. so, what is that, 15 years later, here we are. What do you mean? <laughs> oh, uh Mary is uh, Mary, Mary Beth's Beth. watching us, and she's uh, so hi. We miss you. Get we miss you hey, too. Mary Beth. Hello. Yeah, and then uh, she says, "Get the parachute out." Yeah, I did. Go for it. <laughs> I did. So, yeah, I mean, I don't, I, I, I don't remember a whole lot of what he said that night, besides mm-hmm. that analogy. You know what I mean? But I do remember, like, um, you know, because he did, you know, a version of the sinner's prayer, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, I do remember though that night, like. I I felt like a huge burden had been mm-hmm. lifted off my shoulders. Like I literally felt lighter mm. yeah. like walking out of his house it, at night. It's you know? so tangible. Yeah. Right? Like it's it's both a, a, on one sense like ethereal and abstract and yet the reality is 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 palpable. Yeah. You know, you can't you can't miss it. Like right. there's a there's a certainty to that moment. And I think that's important because like that feeling that that um that that sense of kind of burden lifting it life kind of beats us back up yeah but sometimes so sometimes we have to look back at that and go yes like right. there, there's a confidence there there's an assurance there's right the, uh john wesley talks about our, our heart strangely warmed yeah and i think for those of us uh and, and erica you can let me know if you agree with this but for most of us there's been that at least uh there's been that initial moment uh, realization that this is this is real and that this is certain mm-hmm. um, more than a feeling. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> like it's deeper. There's a there's a there's a soulfulness to it, right? Yeah. Right. Um, I think most of us, uh, most of us, that that final moment is really personal. Mm-hmm. It's really emotional. Right. Um, it's 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 uh, it's palpable. Um, and yet it's so hard to explain to somebody who's never experienced that. Yeah. You know, it's, it's when we talk about the mysteries of Christ and, and the, the power of grace, um, if you haven't experienced those things in your life, like, I don't even know, I don't even know how to explain it to you. Yeah. You know, like when you talk to people who aren't Christians and they go into a worship service and they're like, everyone's, you know, hands in the air, you know, especially some of those real, you know. First uh, time I saw hands in the air, I was like, "You guys are weird." Yeah, yeah. Like, what yeah. are you doing? Yeah, like growing it, it, up. It is. It, and when I came I've from Catholic, like I've told you yeah. guys before, I came from Catholic background. You don't see Catholics doing that. No, even mm-hmm. Methodists. Like when when I switched over to the Wesleyan Church from Methodist, yeah. I was like, uh-huh. "What is that?" <laughs> really? And, well, yeah, because that would have been at my my dad's plant, which yeah. was um. But some of the churches I grew up in, especially like really young kid, mm-hmm. um. Uh, there would have been that uh, that frozen chosen, you know, idea of like you know just blah, 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 right, very staunch, keep your arms right. down. Um, but that experiential side of feeling in in communion with the Holy Spirit and, and feeling the presence is is so incredibly um, it's moving, yeah. right? But it is it is a personal thing, and if you haven't experienced, you haven't experienced it, right? Um, but yeah. I just remember too, like kind of after that all, like after that happened and I, we might've talked about this in one of the earlier podcasts too, when we had talked about scripture and stuff, but like, I couldn't get it enough. Mm. Right. Like a buddy of mine would call and be like, Hey, we're going to uh, ground round, which is no longer around anymore. It's closed its doors, but it was like a bar <laughs> and grill. Okay. Right. And they would have this, like all you could eat nacho bar every Sunday mm. for football okay. and the drinks would be cheap. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I remember him calling me up, be like, Hey man, we're going ground round, you know, watch some football, eat some food, drink some beers. And I was like, uh, I'm reading my Bible. And he was like, <laughs> he was what? like, what? I was like, I couldn't get it enough. Yeah. Like, 
Yeah. It's what I would, I would come home from work three, four hours. I would just sit, mm-hmm. but I was like, just like heavily digesting, like, especially in the new Testament, the old Testament was still hard to wrap my brain around, but yeah. New Testament, I was just eating it up as much as I could. You know? Absolutely. So, and that's what, that's one of the things that I think is, um, indemissible, uh, uh, trying to say indemissible, inadmissible. Uh, no. Yeah. Anyway, you can't dismiss it is indismissible. I think that's a word. I don't know if that's a word. I don't know. That's a word. It's a word. I think that's, I don't think sure. You can't dismiss it. You, you can't, can't ignore it is, is the fact that there are, you know, millions of people who have all had. <laughs> it is not a word. <laughs> Shut up, Webster over Mm-mm. there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> who uh, who have shared that experience? Yeah, consistently. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is a that is a uniquely Christian experience, is my understanding. Yeah, where there is that that fullness of the Holy Spirit, right there, mm-hmm. where we are communing directly with God, mm-hmm. right, and that is a um, that's unique to Christianity as as a religion, um, and that experience is uh, something that's not not seen in other places. You know, yeah. the, when else do you see that kind of like when people go to like rock concerts or you know you start playing Sweet Caroline at at the baseball field, <laughs> right? That's the only other time that yeah. that people are like, all come together for something even approaching that level. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is, uh, I think for me, that's been one of the things in watching and being a pastor, but even before that, you know, growing up in the church and seeing that happen, um, that's one of the things that go, okay, there, there's something real to this. There's something that's shared, uh, shared experientially shared by this community. Um, but I know that there's, there's people who, who aren't Christian, who kind of look from the outside in and go, well, that's just, that's just like crazy cult behavior. Yeah. You know, that's not, yeah, you may have the shared experience, but that doesn't mean it's, it's real. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then that's when you kind of get into the, well, you, you have to experience it to know it. But at the same time, you people still ask, okay, so why Jesus? Why not? You know, why not Buddhism, which is yeah. very self-focused and really there, I don't, in Buddhism, there's not really a deity, right? I mean, it's kind of begins and ends with. Because what is with Buddha? You and your. Huh? I don't even remember. It's, what it's is more Bo- like a way of thinking was he... in harmony with the universe? Okay. Um, I didn't know if they worshipped Buddha. No. 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 no it's more his. his, his it's just more there his. Is no, th- yeah. There is his teachings. His teachings. His teachings. Oh my goodness! We're <laughs> making words up. I <laughs> have. Can't talk. At least mine Apparently, sound like words. <laughs> a dialect that's never been heard of before. It's th-h's. not speaking in tongues either, man. That is not from <laughs> South Dakota just... either. Um, <laughs> you know, but uh, then in, in oh uh, goodness. <laughs> Just pulling a Moira rose. Islam (laughs) and other world religions uh, in in Hindu, you don't. um, I forget what we were talking about. Buddha. I said I asked if they worship if they worship Buddha or just follow his teachings. You got me off with your teachings. Teachings. Oh my goodness, my man. Because you know the (laughs) Let's talk about the historicity, right? Like, is that a word? Yes. Okay. The historicity. Yes, that is a that word. Is. I do know. I that's mean, a word. it's a little bit of a college word, but it's a word. It's a word uh, of Jesus, <laughs> right? Because there was this popular movement in academia where they called it the Jesus myth, right? The idea mm. that oh, Jesus yeah. never existed. He's a, he was a, a fictitious character. Yeah. And something that's kind of remarkable that's happened over the years um, is that in modern scholarship, the Jesus myth is not has no nothing to stand on. It's not seen as yeah. reputable. It's there's still people who hold to it, but it's even within you know you could call it secular academia um, or historical analysis. Um, the idea that Jesus is not a historical figure is seen as a very fringe thought. Yeah, well, because right? there's archaeological evidence. Uh, there's not. N- there's not necessarily archaeological evidence as far as to the actual person of Jesus, but there's so much writing. 
about the person of Jesus. Like and not, not even, just, not even just like the gospels. Yes. Right. Like yeah. other writings. Other, yeah. We have like Josephus. Um, Josephus. And, uh, is, it, yeah. is it Titus or t- t- um, the, he was a, so Josephus was a Jewish historian, yeah. but then you have a Roman historian. Um, starts with a T typhus. Eric is looking it up. She'll fact check me. She'll, she'll Google um, it real, real quick. Uh, the Tychus? Ta- Tychus, there you, yeah. yeah. Uh, the Talmud references Jesus. The yep. um, There's another um, non-Christian but still religious writing that talks about um, the historical person of Jesus. Right. Right. So with, even within historical documents, hist- uh, with sorry, within historic, um, historical viewpoints, there's a, two things that are are pretty much universally held to be um, historically accurate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? The first one would be the baptism of Jesus by John, right? That one's within within modern scholarship. That's not disputed, mm-hmm. right? And and then the the crucifixion and death of Jesus by um, the Roman government under Pontius Pilate mm-hmm. is also not disputed within um, all um, historical circles, right? Uh, then within that, you know, the idea, things that are majority of, of historians believe that he was, um, you know, from Galilee, that he uh, did most of his ministry in that region and in Judea, um, that there was some kind of incident with him at the temple. Um, at that, there's like eight things, and I can't remember what they all are off the top of my head, but um, that list is okay, more than likely from all viewpoints of, of history, historical analysis, these things were certain happened. And Jesus yeah. is a historical figure. Oh, the calling of the disciples, and he had followers, and his followers um, persisted after his death. Right. right. Those are held as historical facts by um, all parties. You know, then when you start to get into. Uh, what is um, that defi- that separates uh, Christian history from secular history is okay the the miracles turning water into wine raising um, the dead healing the blind casting out demons uh, his own resurrection right um, those events are like um, those who are part of Christianity believe in those things um, those who hold a, a dogmatic you know view of Christianity I yeah. should say. Uh, and then those who don't, don't believe those things, right? Uh, and that's kind of the line of delineation between people who follow faith or follow Jesus and um, believe in him as their Lord and Savior and are Christians versus those who are not. Because if you believe that Jesus rose from the dead, but yet weren't a Christian, that I have not met that person. I'm not going to say they don't exist, and if that's you, I would, they, they I would, believe, I'm, so like you're, you're saying like, uh, say like an eight or a atheist or agnostic that yeah. says, yeah, I believe Jesus rose from the dead, but, but they don't follow they, him. Yeah. Like so I want, like, I would actually love to have a conversation. I think that would be harder to find. I, I think it would, but I would love to have a conversation. If that was, if that's you, I would reach out. You can private message me too. I'd love to have that conversation. I, I have a friend who, you. uh, probably would classify himself as agnostic because he's searching Mm -hmm. but yeah he he believes jesus existed like he Mm -hmm. doesn't question that he like kind of some of the same stuff you were just saying historically there's writings about him outside of our gospels yeah and that we read in the bible um that talk about jesus right yeah um i don't know now that you mentioned though i if it when it comes to the resurrection Mm mm-hmm I would have to check with him. I believe he he doesn't believe Jesus. That would be a good. I mean, that would be I a would good conversation to, to have. Yeah, because um, there's definitely kind of a line in the sand there. In yeah. my opinion, you're either, you know, once you once you cross that line, you're kind of you're kind of in. Well, and wasn't it Lee Strobel that kind of hinged his, because he was atheist. Yeah, and then did this um, like research project. I think and it, it was him and Josh McDowell both. That, and it wasn't at the resurrection that ultimately is what. Mm-hmm pushed him over to the edge towards Christianity. Yeah. It, if I jo- remember right, I, I could McDowell be, I could be confusing him with somebody else. But... Wrote a book, uh, the case for Christ. Yeah. Which is a huge, if you, if you want to talk about the historical person of Jesus and you want to get into the weeds, that book is like, a, like 
1500 pages or something oh, ridiculous. Geez. I don't know it was that big. Actually, I'm going to I'm going to look. I've got There it. is a Lee Strobel article on Relevant that's called oh. Four Compelling Reasons to Believe the Resurrection oh. Actually Happened. Hey, read okay. them out. Yeah. yeah. What are those what four compelling reasons? Okay, so um, <laughs> Josh, Josh has disappeared. The first one being, well, I guess I can be on camera. Um, the first one being, um, <laughs> sources outside the Bible confirm that Jesus was at least executed, so that's indisputable. Um, there, the news spread quickly. Um, so there were <laughs> classical historians in Oxford took more than two generations of the ancient world no i don't know what that means but the tomb was empty and there are eyewitness accounts yeah so yeah the eyewitness accounts are that's, huge um that's what it is. so uh josh mcdowell's book um the case for christ was least the new idea. evidence yes yeah. yeah case for christ was new evidence that demands a verdict is josh mcdowell's um uh, 800 page 700 page uh compendium of um New test of um, evidence of, of Jesus, uh, which is if you that's your scene, if you're like historian and a little bit of a geek or nerd, this is a fantastic book. Um, if you live locally, you can borrow Ooh, my yeah. copies. I think it's an expensive book. Well, I'll link the least book and that book in yeah. Amazon. Well, it's 30 bucks. That's not bad. I mean, it's still 30 bucks, but if you want to borrow it, I've got it. Um, yeah, and that's one of the things um, that, that comes up a lot is the the rate at which the conversation about the resurrection of Christ spread in, in the um, ancient, you know, new Testament world mm -hmm. the first century, um, it spread so quickly throughout the Roman empire and throughout, you know, Judea and, and Samaria that it speaks highly to something that had a mass eyewitness account. Right, because one of the things it's not like Jesus. I think what uh, sometimes people forget is it's not like Jesus rose from the dead, appeared to his twelve disciples, and then ascended into heaven. Mm -hmm. People, a lot of times, people forget that there was forty days, right? Forty days. Yeah, right? forty, 40, days, 40 yep. days. Yeah. All of a sudden, you say something, you're like, Is that "Oh gosh, I hope I'm not," because <laughs> right? I got a microphone and a camera. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there was forty days between his resurrection and his ascension. Where he didn't just appear to the twelve, or to, uh, or, or even his immediate followers. Yeah. I mean, he appeared to hundreds of people. Mm -hmm. Right, hundreds of people saw him, and then spread the word. And we see in the historical documents how quickly that spread, mm -hmm. um, which speaks validity to it. Because it, what has been seen from, because there's been other cases, and I'm. I'm shooting from the hip here, so I don't have the 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 facts in front of me. There had been other other cases where someone had claimed to be a Messiah and had followers, mm -hmm. and I think the followers may have even claimed resurrection, but it was just that the guy died or was killed, and then the followers claimed resurrection. You know, body disappeared, and um, it didn't spread nearly like it did with Jesus. We don't see that same kind of word of mouth spreading throughout the ancient world like we do with the resurrection of Christ. Because it's not that these 12 disciples or these 12 apostles told all the disciples and the disciples told everyone else. It was literally hundreds and hundreds of people saw Jesus mm -hmm. with their own eyes. You know, the same people who had either seen him crucified with their own eyes or had heard about his crucifixion. Um, so it's from that standpoint, I, know, I think it's Andy Stanley talks about that in... Um, some of his is it too far away? Oh, uh, too close. Too close. <laughs> uh, <laughs> talks about that in some of his own uh, reasons for why Jesus. As you look at the historical account, it's like you can't get away from the validity of just the historical account. Mm -hmm. um, so now we've got two things. We've got this insanely um, intense personal experience that we've all had, mm -hmm. um, and and continue to have those moments of just deep communion and and um i'm not an overly emotional person uh i mean i've since i've had kids i've gotten to be more emotional than i used to be but there's still times that the holy spirit just gets a heart hold of my heart and you just find yourself weeping someplace mm -hmm. um, and it's not always because life is stressful or life is hard it's just this 
this sense of fullness, right? And um, I, I haven't experienced that in any other avenue of life, yeah. any other relationship. Even when I think about how much I love my kids and how much I love my wife, it, it still doesn't fill me the same way it does when I think about my, my relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me personally, that experiential piece is huge, but then the historical account is huge as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and then we, we, you do comparative religion and you go, okay, when you look at Jesus versus other religions, um, or even something like, uh, atheism or, or agnosticism and, there is so much more in the promises of Jesus and in scripture and in that kind of personal redemptive relationship that's filled with, with purpose and identity Yeah. than you, you get from anything else. You know, as an agnostic or uh, atheistic structure, I mean, you can live for you, your family, your community. And those are all, I mean, it's good to mm-hmm. hold those things up. It's good to take care of those things, but it kind of begins and ends with, your sphere you and um i think that's there's something powerful about the idea of okay we live for something greater than self we live for something greater than family that we have you know we we support or propagate or whatever um i don't know what are your thoughts man i'm just saying like no you're good um I'm just thinking, you know, like, so when, when I accepted Christ, right, I, we, we went to a Baptist church and, and I'm not picking on Baptist by any means. It's just where we went, mm-hmm. but cause I know they're not the only denomination that focuses on the prayer, right? Mm-hmm. The, the, the salvation type prayer right oh, we've all the, heard the it. sinner's prayer we've the, all we've yes, all heard it we've yes. probably all said it and I, and it's not a bad prayer to say no, like no. i'm not i'm not, I'm not poo-pooing I, I think it's a, the yeah, salvation a, there, prayer it has a place it has a right. use yeah. Uh, yeah i'm i'm not poo-pooing it but i do think the church has overemphasized the salvation prayer and i've had conversations with people yeah who well i I said the prayer. I'm good. I don't need to worry about it anymore. Mm-hmm. So now I'm done. And that's such no, a it's unique like... thing to uh, post-industrial U.S. Yeah. Christianity. I mean, Second Great Awakening, generic evangelicalism. Right. Yeah. So when you when you had mentioned to me that this would be the topic for tonight, that's kind of where my mind was going on some level, right? Like, mm. so now, like. When I hear why, why Jesus, right? Like you laid out good foundation for it, but like, like, it's not just like, why say the prayer, right? It's now why, okay. So I've said the prayer. Why do I follow Jesus next? Right? Like, why do I, why do I continue to take those next steps? Why do I Mm -hmm. continue to try my best to follow him? And, you know, Lord knows I, I fail right Mm -hmm. at times. Um, so that's where, that's kind of where I went. And like, as the church, like there's so, I mean, how do we get to that point now where it's, it's moving beyond the salvation prayer, the sinner's prayer mm-hmm. and actually helping people, discipling people to follow Jesus and to become yeah, people who disciple other people. Right. Yeah. Um, and cause in the world we live in today, there's so many other things to do with our life. Yeah. Right. When it brings in that relational element, I think, like, if you don't have that, that connection either personally or, you know, with other believers, that a discipleship type relationship or, you know, a strong personal relationship with Christ, it's really hard to, you know, really take ownership of those next steps. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, that's one of the things I love about um, being a Wesleyan. And, and uh, in our theological tradition is, you know, we go, we turn to that John Wesley's heart strangely warmed, right? Mm-hmm. And, and if you're not familiar with that, I mean, John Wesley was preaching, you know, and, and was yeah. teaching Christianity. Uh, and all of a sudden he had this moment hearing from, I believe it was Calvin's introduction to Romans. Um, 
I think it was John Calvin's introduction to Romans was being read. And he, something stirred inside of him. And all of a sudden he, he had this relational soul connection with God. And he, he referred to it as I felt my heart strangely warmed. And there was this, this next level it was beyond just the words we said or the cognitive or the, um, there was this connection between the head and the heart um, that I think is, is, is vital to what it is. You know, that's when we, when we have people say the sinner's prayer, it's because we're, we're hoping that they've had that experience. <laughs> that they get the, the right? strangely, heart strangely warm. Yeah. 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 And yeah, then yeah. we're going to like, okay, say all the things that, okay, this is, it's kind of like when we baptize people, you're like, okay, do you affirm all these things? Right. Yeah. And then we baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Welcome to the family of God. Um, I think we try to cram some of that into the Lord's prayer as well. But really what we're hoping for is that heart strangely warm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like we want that connection, that, mm-hmm. that, that, um, adoption and, and justification and regeneration and um that all is all wrapped up into salvation um but that is uh it from a pastoral standpoint that's a hard thing for us to gauge yeah ah, did you feel your heart strangely warm that's a weird <laughs> thing to say to somebody sounds a little creepy raise your hand if you had your heart it was you know that's that's also a little bit older language anyway yeah but, uh, <laughs> um you know but that's what we're we're shooting for and and that experience is really kind of nails in that why jesus argument because when you have that experience you're like oh oh i get it Mm-hmm. And we talk about God offering his grace. Like, you know, there's these these windows of grace where we, um, you know, Holy Spirit is just really prodding at us, right? And and um, it, we all approach that to get to that point from different directions. Sometimes it's a, it's a surrender of who we are, surrender of I can't handle my life, right? Which is where some people argue that, oh, religion is just for those the weak-minded or those who can't handle life on their own and I can do it on my own. So I don't need Jesus. I don't need yeah. God. And you're like, no, oh, that's, um, that's one path that people come to Jesus. Yeah. But it's not, it's not the only way that people, people get to that point. When I, and I don't remember a whole lot of what he said because it went viral kind of before we really knew what viral meant. Um, but Jefferson Bethke with his, uh, um, uh, what was his video called? The the video that gave him his name. Um, it's kind of like a spoken word. It's not really a song, but... Um, I'm not sure what you're talking about. Where so. Jesus is greater than religion, mm. right? Um, are okay. you finding it on there, Erica? So Erica's our behind-the-scenes uh, checker for me and Josh. Because like, we say a lot of stupid stuff. Mm. Um but, uh, you know, I think of that where he taught like, if I remember right, because it's been years since I've watched that video, mm-hmm. where basically his spoken word is about why you choose Jesus over religion, right? Because I think a lot of people who are not followers, followers of Christ see religion mm-hmm. and go, I don't want that garbage in yeah. my life, mm-hmm. right? I don't want the religious crap, yeah. right? Yeah, um, I don't blame But them. we're like, but Jesus is amazing. They're like, really? Because the stuff I see from the church is horrible, yeah. you know? Um, and, and we've had conversations with people out here in Boise and in the Treasure Valley area that when they tell us stories, we're like, oh gosh, man. And some of it's, you know, well, and that's, and that's one of those things is when people reject <clears throat> Jesus, are they rejecting Jesus or are they rejecting the people in their life who have, um, done things in the name of Jesus or that are horrible that are horrible or even just yeah. that they see as inconsistent or inconsistent yeah you know yeah. it doesn't even have to be like oh that and sometimes it is like sometimes it is sometimes yeah. people who have have hurt people in really extreme ways in the name of Jesus yeah. or they've hurt people in extreme ways maybe not in the name of Jesus but they also worship Jesus and um if you've read yeah. James James has an issue with that mm-hmm. uh, yeah. you know um but lots of times we make Jesus hard to approach Either because, uh, either because we've hurt people in the name of Jesus, uh, or we do things that are inconsistent with the teachings of Jesus in our own life, and we don't call ourselves out on it, we don't hold ourselves accountable, yeah. or um, we have made what it is to approach Jesus so lofty that people just go, "That's unattainable for me. I, I don't even want to try." Yeah. You know, the co- the bar well, of entry, the cost of entry is too much. That's like, uh, and I won't call out this 
particular church. Yeah. Because okay. I don't know if I want to call it a denomination. <laughs> okay. okay. But my wife must have, her phone number that she currently has must have been for, like, the person who had Did it you before give it to the her. Church of Scientology. No, it wasn't Church of Scientology. <laughs> but um, it must have belonged to somebody who was a leader of a church. Okay. Right? Um, I don't think they held a pastoral title. Mm. I don't know what their title was because some of the text messages she gets are so random, right? Mm -hmm. And on this one particular night, she got a screenshot. It looked like of, uh, you know, a welcome card or a, uh, um, I'm trying to think of what, because ours says welcome home. Like a connection Connection card. card. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was trying to think of another term for it. Yeah. Connect card, something like that. And the person was like, going to meet with, you know, Erica, to determine whether or not she's worthy or whatever, right? You might know what I'm referring to. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, but, (laughs) but anyway, uh, I just like, it's stuff like that, right? Like this particular church determines whether or not you are worthy to enter the sanctuary, the temple, whatever you want to call it. Right. Um, and when I hear that, Kathy and I were like broken heart. We prayed yeah. for that woman that night because we're like, mm-hmm. if she met with these people, you she know, whatever this worthy. committee or whatever this was, like, what if they deemed her unworthy? Yeah. Like th- that woman went home crushed and will probably never approach Jesus ever again. Mm-hmm. And yeah. if she does, it is only because the Holy Spirit is working in crazy ways. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I know if I had ever, like if I came to G208, and our lead team was like, sorry, Kellen, you're not worthy to enter the district coffee house on Sunday evenings. I'd be like, I am never going to yeah. another church ever again in my life. Yeah. I will never approach a Bible, scripture, Jesus. I'd be done. I'd be like, fine. Mm-hmm. You guys don't think I'm good enough? Then I, you know, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And yeah. But the thing yeah. is, like, it's not even some of those outlandish type, uh, cultish type you know, you kind of referred to uh, other other um, people who claimed that they were a messiah. They died. Yeah. And was, right. But like it, it it doesn't even like there's other churches that have uh, excommunicated mm-hmm. because they slept with their girlfriend before marriage or they got their girlfriend mm-hmm. pregnant before marriage mm-hmm. or a number of number of different sins. Right. Um, and, and it's just like. That's the stuff that crushes me. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, Jesus is so amazing. Yeah. You don't even know like how amazing he is and how... Gr- like that first time I received grace, like I said, I walked away from that my friend's house that night feeling lighter because I felt the weight of my sins relieved from my soul. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's the thing. It takes the smallest word or the smallest look even from a person at a church to completely turn someone off from even the idea of Jesus. Oh, and that's, and, and that's that, just, that's a huge burden to carry, but it's something we also be, need to be mindful of. Right. And that's one of the things too, like there are, there are churches and denominations and, and, you know, leadership that, um, it's built into the system where yeah. it's, it's hard, right? Everything from, you know, excommunication to, are you worthy to be with us or not? Um, but then also the, those small, those small um, interactions also. Mm-hmm. And the way our denomination has talked about it when we've had some district events is this idea of, of believe, belong, become, right? And those, what order do you put those in? Do you believe what we believe? Do you become what we are? Do you belong with us, yeah. right? And I think a lot of times churches kind of start with, okay, you believe what we are, then you become like us, and then you belong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And our denomination has been like, well, no, you, you belong, Right. And then you, then you believe and then you become right. Yeah. Like the, put the end of the journey at the end of the journey. Yeah. Which means that we can be more open armed, um, in the way we interact with people who don't know Jesus or they're early in their relationship with Jesus. And they've still got a lot of mess because people are messy. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's one of the things that we as a church and, and we didn't come up with this. We stole it from central church, but the, it's okay to not be okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? We, we like to talk about that. We want people to know that it doesn't matter where you've been at in your walk 
of life and your relationship with Jesus or your exposure to the church or um, any of those things, you are welcome, mess and all. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, it, it kind of goes back to, I think it was, uh, and, and I'll probably butcher the quote, so Erica, be ready on the Google. Gotcha. Uh, <laughs> but uh, wasn't it Gandhi that had said something like, um, it, 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 like, I have no issues with your Christ. It's your Christians that don't behave. Or what's that? What's that? I quote? like your Christ. I do not like your Christians. Your Christians are so unlike your Christ. There you go. Yeah. Thank you. See, I knew the Google. And that's a that's a powerful. He's um, not the only one that's thought that. No, exactly. right? Like that's not. I mean, like that's his quote. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I know many friends of mine that are like, "Look, Jesus sounds cool. Like he sounds amazing, right? Yeah. Like, but." If I've got to get to Jesus by acting like you, kind of like, man, that just doesn't sound like I want to do. Yeah. You know, I don't want to be a jerk. Well, and Paul, <laughs> Paul talks about that. He's like, you know, you know, you didn't get to meet Jesus. And if you're struggling to know, he's talking to the second generation Christians. If you're mm-hmm. struggling to know what it looks like to be Jesus, look at me. Yeah. Follow me. And the first time I read that, I was like, man, that's arrogant. Yeah, Paul. right. <laughs> yeah. Arrogant. yeah. What do you think? Who do you think you are? And then I'm going, oh, that's the call. Yeah. Like if we're going to be representatives, if we're going to be ambassadors, if we're going to be reflections of the light of Christ in our world, then we've got to live in a way that is in step and consistent with the way that Jesus lived his life so that we can say what Paul said. Mm-hmm. You know, if you if you don't if you're struggling to know what it is to live like Christ, look at my life. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. That's convicting right there. <laughs> it is. Right? Gosh, that's convicting. Uh and for those of us in leadership, Right. Because there's that that and I think Paul recognizes that is there's a difference between people who are figuring this out and, and you know, new to the faith or they're they're just like even kind of testing the waters with this whole Jesus thing. And then those who are going, I am a representative. I am teaching the gospel. Right. Um, well, it's like makes me think. So I was listening to an interview with Lecrae and he was uh, I didn't I didn't finish the interview yet, but I got about 10, 10, 12 minutes into it or whatever. And at, at one point he was talking about how. Um, you know, with like, with Christians, especially new Christians, more, more so new Christians, like it's like a baby. He's like, I'm a dad. And it's like my baby learning how to walk. Mm. Like the first step that baby takes as any parent knows, right. Even if you're not a parent, you know that parents go, Oh my gosh, that's so amazing. You're so (laughs) wonderful. Oh my gosh. You're so great. Right. And you just Mm -hmm. celebrate that first step. Yeah. Right. That's, accepting or say let's use the example saying the sinner's prayer you're like Mm -hmm. oh it's so amazing it's so great yes i love you and then that child walks out of the church two nights later they go get a beer or whatever at the bar and you're Mm -hmm. like you horrible human Mm -hmm. (laughs) right no parent does that to their kid when they take the second step they fall over they're not like you suck Mm -hmm. yeah gosh you're a horrible child (laughs) right they don't do that right they don't do that they say get up do it again let's do this again take another step right Mm -hmm. but the church we've had we've had a tendency to do that right like yeah. to what and i chose drinking but whatever sin it may be we choose to well you know you must not have said the prayer the right way yeah, <laughs> yeah. right you must have messed you, up you didn't you mean it enough that time yeah you yeah. weren't sincere enough or whatever we give yeah. them some sort of you know but we 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 uh we put them down we knock them down as if they were but they're a baby yeah right mm-hmm. now we wouldn't expect Anybody to model their life after a baby, <laughs> right? Like, don't model your life after the baby Christian, right? Mm-hmm. But it Sweet is little convicting. baby Jesus, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. But but it's it is convicting, like like you were saying with what Paul said. Like, I should be able to, especially as a pastor, right? Like, I should be mm-hmm. able to say, hey, if you don't know what it's like to follow Jesus, look at my life. Yeah, and that's convicting because mm-hmm. I'm sitting here going, man. I did get after my kid pretty hard the other night, you know, like, and there's such a balance in there. I mean, because, um, I think the church, as far as from a pastoral standpoint, I know we're getting away from the why Jesus question a bit here, but try to bring um, us around. I, I, I do see take if it, I can do it. I we'll do take us down the it. rabbit trail. Uh, <laughs> but there's, there's this, this, there used to be this, I'm on pastors on this pedestal. Yeah. Right. And can't, Anything that's not Jesus-like in our life, we've got to hide. Yeah. And then that swung into this, like, pastor is an everyman. You know, it's the it's the priesthood of all believers, which means pastors need to be super relatable. And we're going to talk about everything we did wrong. And, yeah. Um, 
and there's that validity to being transparent and being authentic and transparency and authenticity are different. Yeah. Like we should be authentic with everyone. Transparency that there's a, there's yeah. a relational bar of entry. Yeah. Right. Um, place and time. Yeah. Place and time. Yeah. That's like a <laughs> conversation Kathy and I have been yeah. having. Yeah. And, uh, but that, um, you, it doesn't mean that you don't have to hold yourself to the standard that Jesus is calling us to. Because there's always that next step. And I think that's one of the things about, if we talk about why Jesus, that's, see, I did this. There you go. Yeah, you brought it around. There's always the room for that next step. Yeah. It's not like you got to go from, from, you know, no Jesus to, to fully representative of everything it is to be a follower of Jesus overnight. Mm. You know, there's the. Well, and isn't it in Corinthians where Paul talks about that? I think it was in First yeah. Corinthians where he talks about the your your spiritual baby milk, basically. Yeah, right. Like yeah, you, you should grow and yeah, mature. Oh, you know, start eating some meat here, yeah. right? Like, yeah. uh, but that speaks to there's room for process. Yeah. Um, and when we talk about the working of the Holy Spirit, we believe, especially as as um, as Wesleyans, we believe in this this synergistic relationship where it's not just, um, it's not all us. You know, that's humanism. That's that's like, it's me. I will do it, right? I will earn it. That's workspace. That's Or it's all God where I'm just along for the ride and I'm sure glad God chose me and he's going to do all the work and I just got to live my life, right? Yeah. Um, no, there's this, we surrender and the spirit fills. Hmm. We surrender, we empty of self and the spirit fills those spaces. Um, one of the things I love about being a Wesleyan and being, being a Christian, being a follower of Jesus is, is uh, and and this is we'll pre- preach a bit about this on the weekend, but um, being a Jesus follower is both surrender and victory simultaneously. Because we surrender, we are victorious. Jesus is the def- the the um, the defining attribute of victory in our life, but personally, it is our surrender to Christ that. Um, uh, identifies us that, mm-hmm. that that is our our chief characteristic hmm. and i think a lot of times christianity can have this this desire to short circuit that process and jump straight to the victory you go i have victory you know victory in jesus you know, again, right <laughs> yeah um and and that's yeah we have victory in jesus but we have victory because we surrendered so i don't have to go out there and achieve victory i don't have to there go out there and like conquer my sins i don't have to go out there and 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 conquer my identity and conquer my purpose like no 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 i surrender my sins i surrender my identity i surrender my purpose yeah i take those things i empty myself of them i give them to jesus and then in return i am a new creation I have new attributes that define me, not through my power, but through the power of the spirit, through the power of Christ. And I experience victory, not because of what I've done, but because of what Christ has done. My job was to surrender. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's like when I look at a way to live and a way to orient my life, that's where the power of Christianity comes from. That's where the power of the why Jesus comes from is I don't have to be victorious. I get to have victory because I surrender. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a power that for me, that's been where I've landed, not just on Jesus and Christianity, uh, but also on, um, you know, Wesleyan, this particular flavor of Christianity. You mm-hmm. know, if you're going to look at all these different churches, um, cause I am partial. I mean, I, I, yeah, I grew up Wesleyan, but I also went through a phase of going, okay, do I want to be a Wesleyan? Right. Um, and, uh, you know, even though I grew up in the church, there were still, I remember in middle school and high school going, okay, is this going to be me? You know, that, that seventh, eighth and ninth grade year were, were kind of those, those times of going, okay, is this going to be who I am? And, uh, that was, that was what I walked away with. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, um, uh, your turn, man. <laughs> I ran out of no, thoughts there. No, Let's go. What, what do we got? We got we, 10 minutes. We got 10 minutes to fill? Oh, man. Oh, you're out of yeah, I, I, I was, I, yeah, I don't even know what I was thinking. As you were saying there, I was just like, just listening. But got into preaching mode. Sorry. No, you're good. That was hardcore. <laughs> yeah, Erica, before this feels too pastoral, Josh goes on a sermon rant. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> Welcome to my world, guys. <laughs> yeah, I preach. Yeah, right? I preach to the family yes. sometimes. <sighs> I've actually preached to some of my lift rides before by accident. Like they'll ask a question. And like, oh, and you just go on and on and on. Yeah, actually, I, I have a sermon on that. Here, just a second. I got some notes prepared. Oh, gosh. <laughs> They're like, give me out. I pity the fool. They're like, just stop now. Pulling up slides <laughs> on my phone. <laughs> As you can see here. Yeah. No. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, one thing we haven't done in a while is we haven't left room for questions. And this is one of those things. This is one yeah, of those topics that would have questions. So if you've got a question or your own thoughts about why Jesus, uh, post them below because we've got a little bit of time. And, um, uh, you know, I know Kellen's trying to come up with with something to talk about that's on topic. But <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, hey. um, you know but I, I guess if you were to to sum some of it up, you know, like we said, everyone approaches Jesus from from a slightly different tact. And in the end, it comes down to that acceptance of of uh, the historicity of Jesus, the the reliability of of the account of his of crucifixion and resurrection, um, but then that prodding of the Holy Spirit, that personal experience, and all of those things kind of come together in this culmination. It's both the 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 evidence and the 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 factual pieces of Christianity, but then that mis- mysterious grace side as well, mm-hmm. um, and if it really takes experiencing both yeah, to step into that, that why Jesus answer. Well, and I think back on my, my, on my own journey for me, it was like, I didn't, I didn't know the term at the time, but there was that prevenient grace. Yes. Right. Like yeah. in hindsight, as I've, especially in more so recently, for some reason, I guess I don't know why it didn't, really come to mind prevenient grace by the way for everyone watching is grace Thank that's you. extended yeah. to all people um at all times even if they don't follow jesus yeah. it's it's what lets us know that we have a need for god yeah i guess that i mean that's a simplistic way of describing no it. I, yeah that's good uh, i probably would have gone a lot longer yeah that's good <laughs> so that's good wow. keep it succinct as as Wiseman would always tell me keep it succinct that's so that's right. good but no like uh like even in my own story, like I remember like laying in bed, asking my wife, like probably months or so before that night, Mm. asking her like, how do you know you're going to heaven? You know, I remember asking her those questions Mm -hmm. and uh, you know, like I said, I talked about that in my sermon a few weeks ago and it, you know, in hindsight, yeah, it's like the Holy spirit was working on me even prior, probably even prior now as I'm thinking about it, prior, like I remember conversations with my mom going back to like high school like, how do you know I'm good enough to get into heaven? Right. Like yeah. I was getting in fights, I had temper issues and yada, 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 you know? And, um, you know, the Holy spirit had been working on me for a long time and mm-hmm. it's only now that I can look back and go, Oh wait. Oh yeah. There was that. Oh yeah. There was that moment too. And then that moment, Oh, and there was this guy in my life. And then that guy mm-hmm. or that person in my life, you know? Um, and so for me really, you know, what it boiled down to when, when I made the decision to follow Christ was like, I just know the mistakes I've made in my life. And you kind of alluded to it. Like I'll be authentic with everybody I meet, you know, as best of my ability as I can. Right. Mm -hmm. But transparency wise, like, yeah, there was things that happened in my life that I knew like, Oh man, I've, I've really screwed up, you know? And when it was described to me in a way, like his grace is big enough for like er- everything I've done in my life, everything I will do in my life, mm-hmm. you know, um, it was just, it, yeah, I don't, you know, it was just that, yeah, I'm not, I'm not good enough. Kind of that surrender, right. I am not good enough, but I know he is, you yeah. know? Um, so that's really what it boiled down to. I think for me, mm-hmm. um, was just coming to that realization that, you know, that I needed him, you know, but yeah. Yeah. And that's, I, that's one of the beautiful things about Christianity is, you know, that question you asked your mom of, of how do you know I'm good enough to get into heaven? It's like, well, yeah, it's your, the Christian answer is you're not. Yeah. Yeah. And I love right. that. Yeah. Because and it's it, okay that you're not, it takes a lot of pressure <laughs> off of it. It's like, yeah. you're not, and you're not going to be. Yeah. But through the power of Christ, the, 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 the atoning of, of the covering of, of his sacrifice for us, we get to, we mm-hmm. get to be in relationship with God. Yeah. Um, 
I think, and there's a lot of other uh, facets of this conversation you could jump into. Things to the uh, the nature of creation, the nature of the world pointing to a creator, mm-hmm. right? And and even if you dive into um, uh, like quantum theory and quantum physics, it's like everything seems to kind of point to this this power at work, mm-hmm. right? And um, you know, you listen to people like Brian Greene. Uh, talk about quantum physics which if you've never watched brian green's ted talk on quantum physics it's it's worth watching it's fantastic uh, my stomach <laughs> did you growling. hear that I, I don't know what's up with my gut but my stomach is growling. josh is like we've got food josh is like chipotle we've got time. food outside the door we're still waiting for chipotle's sponsorship i know, know right we messed up chipotle tonight and uh we're, hopefully it'll show up today you know what it's here it's here awesome. nice um your stomach knew it knows, but oh, yeah. yeah, so we, everything hey, from... Is it the string theory one, or is our universe the only universe? They're both good. Okay. Yeah, They're anything anything both from good. Brian Greene is, is, from a scientific standpoint, is phenomenal to watch. Um, but, you know, you could dive into to how creation points to a creator. I mm-hmm. would call it creation, right? I mean, so you point, the, the world points to a creator, and Romans talks about that, right? Paul talks about that, um, how, how no man can can claim to have not you know have some level of, of revelation about G, about god right um if not the person of jesus at least the the need for a creator um to the evidence right the evidence of scripture and uh the evidence of the bible and um the the reliability of the old testament right like that's a whole rabbit hole you can get into and where People are like, oh, the Canaanites aren't a people or the, the Hittites weren't a people. And then they <laughs> dig something up and they're like, oh, well, this engraving points to something that David talked about. And, you know, yeah. or, or David said that this would, you know, the Old Testament said that this would be here and it's not. And then they're like, oh, no, we were like off by a mile. It's, it's right here. And right. Like, oh, there's the city. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and there's all these things in the ancient world that are, you know, 3000 plus years old that the Bible talks about and they're like, there's no archeological evidence. Oh, there's archeological evidence. Right. And so you could talk about all of that, about the reliability of, of scripture. You could talk about the fact that we have more in original, um, manuscripts of the new Testament, uh, like the book of, I think it's the book of Mark. Uh, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head here. Then we do a Plato's Republic. Oh, we do of of, um, of Homer. You know, we have we have more original manuscript of those uh, of the Gospels and and those writings than we do of any other um, ancient document that. And people are like, well, the Gospels were made up or they're fake or they were written so long after. And like, no, we've got more of those um, and older versions of those than we do of Plato's Republic. Well, and that's I mean, that's not even counting the fact that like in their oral culture. Like mm-hmm. they're like, oh, they didn't write it for so many years afterwards. Well, right, but they had a, a like when I say a more oral culture than ours, like it's like yeah. not mm-hmm. even a competition. No, right, no. that was their so memory. That was their memory. That's yeah. how they did it, right? And so yeah, and and it wasn't like oh, I caught a fish this big and it was this big, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know. Yeah. So that's just how they told the stories. That's how they passed them down. And it, you know, you could dive into all of those things. And those pathways might take you to the point of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And like I said before, it's there's a lot of different things that will take you to that point. But really what, what finally crosses the line into this is why I said yes to Jesus is we are offered that window of grace. You know, we all experience prevenient grace and there's a hole there and there's like, and that drives this curiosity of going, what is it? What is it? What is it? And that takes us closer and closer to God. And then saving grace is offered. Mm-hmm. And there's this, this moment where, where Jesus is there and going, okay, are you going to say yes? Right. Are you going to say yes? And our spirit goes, I want to say yes. Or, or you, you know that it's there, you know, there's a moment of decision and you lean into it and you say yes. And then your heart's strangely warmed. Or you say no and you reject it and you push away. One way or the other, we're either drawing closer to Jesus or we're, 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 we're pulling away from Jesus. But you don't leave that encounter with the opportunity to experience saving grace unchanged. Mm-hmm. You'll either draw closer to God or further from God. Mm-hmm. Um, because you've either got to open your heart or harden your heart. 
because grace has been extended. Grace has mm-hmm. been offered to you. Um, and I think that's a, that's a powerful thing for each of us to remember is that we're, even after you fall, even after you've been saved, that I think there's still those moments of means of grace in our life where we can open ourselves up more and more to what God is doing and how God is shaping us. And we get to cooperate each step of the way. We get to cooperate mm-hmm. each step of the way. God goes, okay, I want to do this in your life. And you're like, okay, let's go there. Mm-hmm. Or you go, uh, you know, take right. a step back. Yeah. Right. But um, anyways, that's a lot of conversation. Hey, if you guys have been hanging out with us, um, appreciate that. Appreciate you hanging out. Mm-hmm. Uh, next week, I believe, is ladies' night. Woohoo! Woo. I have no idea goes what you guys are talking about. No It'll be told me. good. It'll be good. It usually <laughs> is. Um, it's, it's at least entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be good. Uh, so join us next week. Uh, the ladies will be talking. I'm not even sure who's all going to be on. I'm pretty sure Erica will be on. Kathy. Kathy's usually on. Julie, if her schedule works, will be here. Um, we'll see about some of the other ladies if they want to jump in. But uh, join us next week for that. Thanks for hanging out and this conversation about why Jesus. If you want to have any more conversation about that, because mm-hmm. I know we were a little mm-hmm. all over the place. We were. If you've got more questions, uh, direct message either Kellen or myself or even my wife. Um, and if you're or in just G two O eight or just G two O eight, you can email us or you can message us. Uh, we, if you're in the area, we'll pay for coffee. We'll pay for lunch. Um, and we'd love to talk more with you about Jesus. Um, if you're not in the area, we can still do a phone call or a video call. Um, and if you're like, yeah, you want to step into that, we'll give you a recommendation on a great faith community where you're located. So, uh, thanks for hanging out. Love you guys. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.